I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Well, on this Monday after the football season ends in the NFL, there are some other people who have hit some icebergs today, <laughs> including number 12 in Green Bay. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter, at ChrisCanty99, at Chris Carlin. We are in our new studios, formerly the Barton Hahn Studios, but this is now the Canty and Carlin Studios. Yeah, Barton Hahn was just keeping it warm for us. Exactly. Now we, now we got an actual radio show in this space. Now we have no... Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh, I was just going to say, now we're keeping it a lot warmer. But well, in terms well, of body well, temperature... Well, Bart Scott, Bart Scott is used to me besting him, so this is nothing new. All you got to do is reference 2011, Christmas Eve. Look at you. But I don't want to digress. Look at you. Why not? Look at you. I mean, we're talking score. about players that get into the playoffs and win championships and then players that don't. And right now, Aaron Rodgers is on the Bart Scott side of things. Wow. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Want you to be a part of the program. And Green Bay is where we are starting because the Detroit Lions went to town and they took care of business. And, and look, that was a fantastic win for the Lions, Chris. And it sets them up so nicely for next season. If they can stay healthy, if they can improve on defense, boy, they... I'm just super impressed with Dan Campbell this year because early in the season, it looked to me like a team that was progressing but did not know how to win. And you literally saw them grow up in terms of understanding how to do that as the season went along. But this story is about number 12 oh, yeah. and about the Packers. Oh, and yeah. Chris, here's what it boils down to. He's won one Super Bowl and he hasn't done anything else. That's just all there is to it. Mm -hmm. And last night, another classic example in a situation where he needed to go out there and make a play, Aaron Glenn sent the house, and he threw it up for grabs down the right sideline, and the next thing you know, Kirby Joseph is picking it off. That, to me, spoke everything about this, and we could talk about the receivers. We could talk about anything else you want. I know he's a great, great quarterback, but he's not somebody to me that is one of the all-time great winners in the game because he hasn't been able to get over the hump in a lot of these games. And whether people want to admit it or not, he's been a big part of the reason, especially when we go back to last year with the loss to the 49ers. Well, last night was why you play Aaron Rodgers $50 million a year, right? Yeah. He's supposed to win you that game, a win-and-in situation at home, Lambeau Field, uh, when it comes to December football. And I'm counting that even though I know the calendar is flipped to January. That is December football. Aaron Rodgers is supposed to be on the right side of that outcome. And unfortunately, now the players in Green Bay are having their exit interviews to, right along with Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Now, I think the formula for success for Aaron Glenn in that defense was the pass rush up front. They were on Aaron Rodgers' ass all night. And we Carlin. talked about I mean, that. Listen, yeah. 11 quarterback hits, only two sacks, but 11 quarterback hits to go along with the guys on the back end doing a great job of mixing and matching the coverages. Kirby Joseph kept Aaron Rodgers guessing all night. You could see that Aaron, jo Aaron Rodgers was a little bit 
gun shy when it came to making some of those throws after Kirby Joseph broke up that pass where Aaron Jones looked like he had a walk-in touchdown. Mm -hmm. It was after that moment where you could see Aaron Rodgers was off just a little bit. He was hesitant because he didn't necessarily know where those safeties were. And I think that little bit of hesitation was all that Detroit Lions front needed to continue to apply pressure and create those situations where Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers were behind the sticks. And this is why last week when he came out and started his victory lap, it was just a little bit premature. When we were sitting at three and six, and we looked at the next three, at the time, Tennessee was playing really well. Obviously, Cowboys playing well, and Philly was number one in the league. And I just felt like if we get one of those, we can win the last five. And nine and eight was going to get in. Didn't really go around saying that, because you don't really want to say, hey, if we just get one of these next three, you know, <laughs> we can maybe make the playoffs. But in my head, that's what I was thinking. We're becoming a more dangerous team, and I, you know we've all seen some of the uh, commentary outside as we went from four and eight to five and eight to six and eight, and nobody's worried about the Packers and blah 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 blah. Now what are they going to say? Now what they're going to say is enjoy your vacation or enjoy watching the playoffs. Yeah, right, because you're not in them, and, and that's the most disappointing part about all of this, Carlin, because it was a hell of a run. And improbable of that fact, because think about the road that they had to get to just to create a scenario where it was winning in. They had to have a lot of good fortune. A couple of teams that were in front of them stumbled, like the Seattle Seahawks and the Detroit Lions. And then it felt like it was all teed up for Rodgers to punch his ticket in the postseason. And then they fall flat on their face. And Carlin, all you need to know is what you saw in the immediate aftermath of the game with Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb walking off the field and into the tunnel. And I tell you, Rodgers looked like he might have been a little misty. Looked like he might have shed a tear in that moment. And Randall Cobb had his arms around him. I'm just going to say this. In the post-game press conference, I think Rodgers was as candid as we've seen him all season long. When he talked about the carousel and knowing when to get off and, you know, being able to read the tea leaves, I think – this might be a true moment of introspection where we see Aaron Rodgers consider his football future not being in Green Bay. All right, but let's clarify exactly what you're saying. Not his football future being over, his football future not being in Green Bay. Yeah, no, not his football future being over. He's got $58.3 million coming to him in an option bonus in March. Well, he is not. Who the hell is walking away from that? He is not walking away from that. So if that's how we were trying to paint this last night, that's not what is going to happen here, at least to me, because you don't just walk away from that amount of money. No. I don't care how enlightened you are. You don't do that. And if you're truly enlightened, you don't walk away from $58 million. Chris, the other part of this is simply that Aaron Rodgers, if he's going to play somewhere else, I I don't know if I'm the Packers, if I'm in such a big hurry to make things easy on him and to send him exactly where he wants to go. Now, I I don't believe he has a no trade, if I'm not mistaken. No, he doesn't have a no trade, but but what are your options if you're Green Bay? Right, there are a few places where you can send him, but if I'm Green Bay, I don't really care where he wants to go. If he wants out... He can go somewhere else, and I will trade him to the place where I am getting the best deal. 
I am not going to do anything that is going to help Aaron Rodgers anymore because I've spent the last three years doing that, and where did it get me? Well, it got me home for the postseason. Well, you don't have much choice because Aaron Rodgers has the ultimate leverage. He can always walk away from the game. Good. Let him walk away. Let him walk away from the $58.5 million. That's not ultimate leverage. That's making him make a very expensive decision. Well, you're saying an expensive decision, but it's not like Aaron Rodgers couldn't make money outside of football. Sure. Let's be honest. Now, if he wanted to walk into a booth or he wanted to do something else, there's going to be somebody that pays him a boatload of money. He's already showed an interest in entertainment, being able to guest host at Jeopardy. So it's not like Aaron Rodgers is going to be solely motivated by the money. So I don't know how much leverage Green Bay has in that situation. But to me, after watching last night's game, it's obvious what they should do. They need to turn the page on Rodgers and move forward to Jordan Love in a rebuild. That's where this team is. They're closer to a full rebuild than they are competing for a championship. All you have to do is look at the pieces or lack thereof on that team on both sides of the ball. Carlin, they got whooped by the Detroit Lions. From a physicality standpoint, that that was embarrassing for Matt LaFleur's team. And here's the other thing. He's got to absorb some of the blame for that loss, too. Because his ass was outcoached by Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. The last two drives offensively for the Lions, master class in terms of play calling. And hats off to Dan Campbell for having some stones and some of the calls that he made going forward on fourth down. They were going for the win. I get it. They had nothing to lose. But they also made a statement about what the pecking order in the NFC North is going to be for the foreseeable future. You know what happened last night? Uh, you saw Ben Johnson put himself in you're going to hear his name a lot yeah. to be a head coach yeah. because that was pure brilliance in mm-hmm. the way he handled it. Pure brilliance. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. How about this for some little bit of breaking news? You ready? Per Adam Schefter on Twitter just a few moments ago, DeMar Hamlin has been discharged from the hospital and is returning to Buffalo per the physicians at the University of Cincinnati Health Center. You can't tell me prayer ain't real, man. The entire country was praying for this young man. And it was evident in his teammates, in the energy that they played with yesterday, the the tributes around the National Football League from Russell Wilson and Derwin James before the game to the threes on the 30-yard lines across all games being outlined with blue. I mean, the love for DeMar T-shirts, it's clear that all of the positive vibes, all of the prayers, the thoughts, concerns sent his way made a difference in this situation. But, Carlin, I think this is another opportunity to highlight the first responders, the EMTs, the athletic trainers, the medical staffs from all of these clubs, making sure that they are well-versed in the latest techniques in order to save a player's life if something like this comes up. There's no doubt about it. They were heroes in this situation. And they made a difference in terms of DeMar being on the road to recovery versus us talking about a potential tragedy in an NFL game. With that in mind, we welcome in Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter, who joins us for more on this and also more on the coaching carousel that has begun to spin. Jeremy, Chris Carlin, Chris Canty, first of all, just... I mean, there's nothing else to say other than fantastic news about DeMar Hamlin. You spent a lot of time in Buffalo last week. Just kind of outlay for us what, or outlay for us what that news just brings to mind immediately, considering how close you were to all of this last week. I don't hear Jeremy. Uh, I don't have Jeremy. Yeah, I don't hear him this second. Oh, so hey, sorry guys. There, there we go. There we go. Go <laughs> ahead, Jeremy. That. All right, uh, gentlemen, great to be with you. And I, 
I would just contrast today's news to where we were Tuesday and Wednesday when I was sitting in Buffalo, and there was really no hard news at all, and players and coaches were downright panicked. I mean, like they didn't know what to think. You know, they heard some incremental things. They were hoping for the best, but it was a little bit touch and go there. And then Thursday, everything came to light that he was improving, that he was alert, he was responding to the doctors, and then like the whole Buffalo Bills team facility lit up. I mean, like that really galvanized them. And since then, it's been nothing but positivity. So it's just a great story. We don't always get great stories in sports, uh, but this is truly a unique one that, that everybody's celebrating. Jay, today is always a day where we're looking at the head coaching positions and we're seeing turnover. About a quarter of the league every single year deals with going through the coaching carousel, and we've already seen some openings uh, today in the last 24 hours between the Texans with Lovey Smith and obviously earlier today with uh, Cliff Kingsbury and the Arizona Cardinals. Are there any other head coaches that we should be on the lookout for, potential surprise firings? Because it always feels like there's one or two of those every single cycle. Are there any other jobs that we should be on the lookout for today? Right. So certainly there could be another, but it might be delayed. There might be a second wave. And I look to the playoffs. I mean, Mike McCarthy in Dallas, you know, if they lose against Tampa, then that's three straight years, no playoff wins. Despite all the regular season success they've had, if that is the case, you wonder with Jerry Jones at his age, if he will push for change. Um, that's not a slam dunk. Mike's really well-liked over there, but it's certainly something on the table. Uh, and then Sean McVay, that, that's really the one everybody's waiting on. You know, He's going to take his time to kind of figure out what he wants. There's some doubt in the NFL coaching community whether, whether he wants to coach right now, especially with what looks like a rebuild in L.A. So those are factors. You know, like there, there's Ron Rivera in Washington. I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but gee, you never know. There could be a surprise like that or, or Dennis Allen in New Orleans. But things seem to be trending toward them being okay there. When we look at Cliff Kingsbury and and the fact that he is uh, out now in Arizona, they're talking about bringing in somebody that's going to bond with the quarterback. I thought they just brought him in for this quarterback at the same time when they drafted him two years ago. Jeremy, are they – granted, they have spent a lot of money on, uh, on Murray, but at this yeah. point, are they in a little bit of danger here of maybe handling – a little too much power over to Murray at this point? Well, actually, I think they're trying to do the opposite. They're, they're trying to get somebody who can maximize his skill set. You know, they feel like they had gotten a bit combustible with Cliff Kingsbury. You know, there were some communication issues, um, gaps in communication. You know, they really didn't talk a lot. You know, it just, it just was a bit awkward in the building. So they had to do something. Um, and they're hoping maybe like a new vision, somebody who can keep them accountable, new offense can sort of uh, maximize who what's a talented player, but clearly needs a little bit more. You know, there's some whispers that Kyler hasn't been the best leader, that, uh, you know, he hasn't been the hardest worker. And so maybe they can get somebody who can change that a little bit. Jeremy, I got to ask you this question about what's going on uh, with, with the job in uh, Arizona at the general manager spot. Steve Kahn has taken a yeah. leave of absence. My former college teammate Ian Cunningham is, is going to be uh, interviewing for that job, the Cardinals requested permission to talk to him. What more can yeah. you tell us on that front in terms of how that situation's unfolding? Well, you know, they'll cast a pretty wide net here. I expect them to talk to several candidates. Uh, Ian Cunningham will be a prime candidate. He's also interviewing in Tennessee. Um, he's done, done a nice job at the Bears. And then, uh, you know, you have some in-house candidates, Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson, who are well-liked. I expect them to interview. 
uh, and they'll go from there. You know, this is a team that's really starting from scratch. There were, there were some concerns about whether owner Michael Bidwell would pay the money required to get out of some of these contracts where you just extended Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. Well, now for the most part, uh, he's done it. And so there's the commitment. And so it shows that, that he knows change is needed and, and uh, he'll act accordingly, but get somebody probably with a new vision. Um, you know, things that had gotten a little stale out there and, uh, you know, somebody with some new ideas. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Has Brandon Staley locked this down? You mentioned the other two who are still in the playoffs, but is he now completely safe no matter what happens here for the Chargers? Well, I'm never dealing an absolute like that with, with somebody's job. I, I feel pretty good about where he's at, and the Chargers like him a lot. It, you know, when the Sean Payton whispers start to surface and it's sort of been the worst kept secret in the league that, that he's circled that job a little bit. Um, but they like Brand Staley. They like what he's done. They like, they like his leadership. And when he secured the playoff spot, it's like, okay, that sort of quiets everybody a little bit. Now, you know, if they go to Jacksonville and lose 40 to 10, like <laughs> who knows, but uh, you know, I, I think he's on pretty good footing here. He's, I, I don't have that on high alert. I would say, you know, maybe mild alert, um, but he's a guy they like and, and want to invest in. Jeremy, Aaron Rodgers is going to keep us on this roller coaster apparently going into the offseason because, you know, the, the the situation with the jersey exchange with Jamison Williams saying that he wasn't necessarily going to give that away. He wanted to hold on to that one. The scene that we had as he was walking off of the field with Randall Cobb and then what he said in the postgame interview about knowing when to get off of the carousel. What, what does the future hold for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at the quarterback spot? Well, certainly it feels like all options are on the table. Uh, maybe not a trade right now, but it, it, certainly a retirement. I mean, he sounded like a guy who's going to consider that. Now, we've been through that song and dance before with Green Bay quarterbacks, multiple. Uh, but, you know, he, he seems to understand the business side and how Jordan Love's ready to play. And Now, I, I do get the sense the Packers certainly would welcome him back and make another run at it. His contract is set up for him to play another year. Um, it's hard to trade that contract, but not impossible. It depends on what you want to do with this $58 million option bonus mm, that's mm, due mm. between mid-March and week one. So there's, there's actually wiggle room in that money. They want to pass it off to somebody else. So they're going to have options. Aaron Rodgers, I expect him to take a couple weeks here, figure things out, and then they'll sort of reconvene. I don't get the sense either side wants this to be, you know, a six to eight month ordeal like it was two years ago, though. I mean, that, that wore on everybody a little bit. Jeremy, appreciate it. Great stuff. Thanks on a busy day, we know. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL reporter. Joining us, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. This has been your weekend recap brought to you by GEICO. Switch to GEICO today and see all the ways that you could save. Coming up in just moments, one of the things that we just touched on, Sean McVay. What does the future look like for McVay in L.A., and is he definitively done with the Rams. We'll explain why maybe that's not the case. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. That in just moments. Canty and Carlin. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Shout out to Mike Tomlin, by the way, Carlin. I know you were at this game yesterday, but Mike Tomlin, 16 seasons to start his head coaching career in the NFL over 500 or at 500 or better, phenomenal. Did did, did you think that it would be possible? You're a Steelers fan. Did you think that this would be possible with a rookie quarterback for Mike Tomlin to pull this off? Chris, there are two other teams ever. Not that the Steelers did. They came up just a little bit short because of the Dolphins game. There were two other teams ever that started 2-6 and six and made the playoffs. Think about that. Yeah. They, they had a legit shot to do that Yes, yesterday. they did. I, I can't say enough about them. And I'll tell you, there are a lot of people in Pittsburgh who do not appreciate what they have. Yeah, I don't understand that. Mike Tomlin is a Coach of the Year candidate as far as I'm concerned. For, I that, was team, a, for that team to start out the way they did with a rookie quarterback and to right the ship yeah. and to get to this place where they're 9-8, and eight, I mean, that's nothing short of a damn miracle. It really is. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And speaking of head coaching jobs, over the weekend, Adam Schefter had to report that Sean McVay may be looking to step aside with the Rams. His immediate future as the Rams head coach is in limbo. Sources are saying that they believe McVay will take some time after Sunday's regular season finale against Seattle to determine whether or not he'll return in 2023. Obviously a big decision for him. He'll take some time. Been a trying experience, a trying season for Sean McVay, and we'll see what he winds up and what he decides to do after this season. You know, Chris, this is a very interesting scenario to me because we heard the rumors after last season that maybe he was going to go do some TV after winning the Super Bowl. So uh, Adam detailed everything that's gone on this year after winning the Super Bowl, losing his grandfather, who was an idol for him in his life, uh, his wife uh, dealing with her family being from the Ukraine and everything that they're going uh, on with with the war over there. Uh, just a lot of different stuff and how this team has not gotten anywhere near where they thought they would be. I, I can tell you this. You talk to people around the league. They are going to give Sean McVay as much time as he wants to decide his future. And I guess my question would be, why would they do that? Why <laughs> would they do so that? So you're channeling your inner Brian Windhorst. Yes. Okay. I'm going to... One thing that I would really keep an eye on here that I, I'm speculating here, but just in talking to people, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Sean McVay steps aside and takes like a leave of absence as opposed to getting, just quitting the job altogether. Okay. Like for an extended, like an indefinite leave of absence kind of thing. Because I, I think all of it has just clearly worn on him. Everything over the last couple of years. This is a guy that doesn't know any other way, right? Yeah. But look at the Rams where they are. They are going to be 
really eating it next year, right? They're not going to be in a good position. They don't have the draft picks. Matthew Stafford's health is a major concern moving forward. They know next year is going to be a bit of a mess. Yeah. So what if McVay didn't necessarily go and do something else, go and do TV, but just took a step back for a year or so? And if they did that, like, I could see, I could absolutely see in either case, even if he left, I'd be stunned if Raheem Morris isn't the guy. I think Raheem Morris is going to be the next coach of the Rams if McVay decides to leave because they are on a certain path where they like everything about what's going on in that building, and they absolutely love McVay. And the players love Raheem Morris. And one guy who really loves Raheem Morris is Aaron Donald. Yeah, and and you don't want that guy to retire because the franchise is going through a full reset. So when you start changing so many faces and the coaching staff and in the hierarchy, you know, players don't necessarily like that. Players are creatures of habit. When you have a new head coach come in and do different things, all of a sudden that level of transition is not something that Aaron Donald, a Super Bowl winner and a guy that's made a ton of money, would probably be interested in. I don't want to put words in his mouth because we haven't spoken to him but it does open the door for him to shut it down because he flirted with retirement right after they won the chip last year. Yeah, Sean McVay talked about it in 2018 when he went head-to-head with Belichick in the Super Bowl. He didn't see himself being a lifer in the same way that Bill Belichick did in terms of him trying to catch Bill Belichick in the number of championships and the number of of, uh, 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 regular season wins. So I think this is a situation where nobody's surprised that McVeigh would entertain the idea of stepping away for a little bit, but it's just a matter of what that ultimately looks like. Is it what Sean Payton did this year, doing some work with Fox, or is it a situation where he just fades to black and he waits a year or two while Raheem Morris is the head coach and then decides he's going to rejoin the franchise when they have more resources and they're on solid footing in terms of their overall talent level? And again, this is, this is just me speculating on this from talking to people. But I, I think that McVeigh just needs to step away from right now. That's kind of what it sounds like. But if he steps away right now, what you're saying is the organization is going to push the well, reset button. But they're going to they're gonna push – I think either way they're pushing the reset button. Well, here's the thing. If McVeigh steps away, I'd be surprised if Matt Stafford plays football again. Yeah. That, that's there. I agree. I think it's debatable what happens with Aaron Donald. I think trading Jalen Ramsey all of a sudden is on the table. Yeah. All of those things are possibilities because of where the Rams are at. They don't have any resources, Carlin. They don't have their first-round draft pick, which is going to be a damn good pick this year. They don't have any cap space. So they're going to have to start selling off the pieces that are attractive in order to restock the coffers with ammunition to rebuild the talent base on this team. And and let's be clear about one or two other things here. This is not McVay not happy with where the Rams are headed and all that stuff. I think there's a lot of things involved. And and McVay absolutely loves the Rams and loves L.A., and the Rams love McVay. They want to – remember last year yep. when the Saints told Sean Payton, hey, step away, take some time here before you make a decision. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on here because they want to do everything they can to keep their relationship with him strong. If it is like, hey, don't quit – Go do what you have to do for a while. If you need to just step away and take an indefinite leave of absence, do that. And maybe that's just a year and then he gets back to coaching. But they don't – I don't think the Rams want him to coach anywhere else. And then if down the line, if it's longer than that, 
than Raheem Morris is not just your interim guy or your fill-in guy, but your guy. Yeah, how many coaches win Super Bowls in their 30s? That yeah. happens. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah you're not gonna, this. All this you're is not going close, on. He's 36 years yeah, old. You're not going to close the door on Sean McVay if no. he wants to come back. But let's be clear about one other thing. This ain't a one-year rebuild. This ain't like this is going to take some time. They went all in to win a championship yeah. in 2022. It's going to take some time to recover. Think about the draft picks that they mortgaged away to get Jalen Ramsey, to get Matt Stafford. Hell, this is a team that ain't made a first-round pick since Jared Goff in 2016. It's going to take some time. I don't think this is a one-year proposition. And if you're Sean McVay, why would you want to wear the stink of yet another double-digit loss season on you in 2023? Yeah, I don't, Why would you want to do that? I don't know that it has much to do with that at this point. I, I I, think, well, you have to ask yourself the question, how much of an appetite does he have to go through a rebuild? Because it's not going to be easy, Carlin. Yeah. No, it's not going to be easy. But I think when you start looking forward – and you're trying to figure out where things are, you're right. It's going to take some time. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to have to move on from some guys next year. Yeah. And they're, they have their pick in 2024, if I'm not mistaken. They do. Yeah. So if that's the case. They were trying to give it away to Carolina for Brian Burns this year. Yeah. <laughs> they were Cause trying. Because they're, they're trying to do everything they can to win. But I, I, I think the Rams are really in a position where if McVay decides to step away, it may not be a permanent thing because of their relationship. Yeah, and I think Sean McVay is at the point in his career where he's established himself, and it's like a veteran quarterback that's in his mid to late 30s. It's about competing for championships. Yeah, The Rams are a couple of years away from competing for championships. It's not just about comparing yourself to the teams in the NFC West. It's about comparing yourselves to the best teams in your conference, the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers. Are you going to be on par with those teams in the near future? I don't think you will. Uh So I think they have to take a long, hard look in the mirror and be realistic about their options and what they need to do in order to chart a path forward to where they can get back to a place of championship contention in the next three to five years. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Be very interesting, especially for Raheem Morris at this point, who I I think – Considering he only got two years his first time around in Tampa, probably deserves to get another look at yeah. some point, whether it's here or with somebody else. Speaking of getting another look, are we going to get another look at Tua Tonga Vailoa this coming week? We'll explain why that might be a possibility and why it should not happen. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
Canty, even if he's ready, there's just absolutely no way that Tua Tungavailoa should play this week. I'm sorry. You can't do it. I know where the Dolphins are. I know where they've been as an organization. I understand all of it. The guy has at least, is it fair to say that Tua has had three concussions this year? Uh, yeah, the one after, well. The two-in-one week? The, 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 That's the buff, what I'm the, counting. The Buffalo Bills situation? Yeah. three? Yeah. All right, and then the and short then, week in Cincinnati. Yep. Where he was fencing on the field. And then a couple and then, of weeks And then the Green Bay Packers game. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm speculating when I say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He had I, three I mean, head injuries. Let's put it that way. Can't they, said, they said it was a back injury in week three. Do we take them at their word for that? None of us did at the time. Why are we going to no. start doing it now? No, that's fair enough. That's yeah. fair enough. So here, But here's my point. I can't put him in that situation. I have to protect Tua from himself. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It's the playoffs. I get it. But why would you do that to a guy after everything we've seen this year with him what we saw last week, different medical situation, but what we saw last week with Tamar Hamlin, aren't you going to err more on the side of caution when it comes to player safety now with Tua Tungavailoa? I can't play him if I'm the Dolphins. I don't care that it's a playoff game. Well, yeah, if you're the NFL, that's what you want. If you're the Miami Dolphins, that's what you want because we've seen the headlines as it pertains to Tua, and it hasn't resulted in anything positive for the NFL in terms of their protocols, how they handle concussions, the uh, the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants, the medical staff, the athletic trainers, it feels like they botched it a couple of times, right? Between week three and week four, the Bills game, the Bengals game, and then what happened in the first half of the Green Bay Packers game where there was a potential head injury in the first half, and then in the second half they allowed him to continue to play. And it was clearly not himself because he threw four, I mean, threw three fourth-quarter interceptions. So – I understand you wanting to lean on the side of caution, err on the side of caution in this situation, but I also think the Miami Dolphins have a lot to be gained in terms of data points, information, and figuring out what they're going to do with the quarterback moving forward because this is a player that hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy. This is a player that they haven't seen in the postseason, and all of those things factor into the math as to whether or not he's going to be your franchise quarterback. This is also an offseason where the Miami Dolphins have to make a decision on Tua's fifth-year option. And we know that that option is going to be upwards of $20 million. So there is a lot to be gained for the Miami Dolphins. I, I don't know how you weigh that versus the player's health. I think you lean on the medical staff in their opinion, whether or not he's exhibiting clinical symptoms, uh, things of that nature. But based on what we've heard from our insiders and, and Tua stepping out of the tunnel at the end of yesterday's game, which I think – was the most significant thing we saw in yesterday's game because it wasn't much of a ball game. Um, it's tracking as if Tua is going to play in a wild card game in Orchard Park this coming weekend. And so uh, I think the only chance that the Miami Dolphins have at being able to advance in the playoffs is if he's under center. Will that happen? Remains to be seen. But that's a decision that should be left up to the medical staff and not up to the players or the coaching staff. Here is uh, Marcel Luis Jacques, who covers the Dolphins for ESPN NFL Nation on the situation. I just don't see it happening. There's a, there's too many hurdles, uh, you know, just looking at it from a logistics standpoint. There's too many hurdles that still need to be cleared. Tua still isn't practicing. Uh, so we don't really know what stage of the protocol he's in. 
But in, in order to realistically have a shot at playing, like he would have to be in, in stage four, which is, you know, non-contact team exercises uh, by the time the Dolphins put their first practice together on presumably Wednesday. We don't know what the game is yet, but presumably Wednesday uh, would be their first practice of the week. If he's not on the field in any capacity on Wednesday, I just don't see him play. There's a lot of rust to shake off. He hasn't played in two and a half, three weeks. Now, Marcez Luis Jock is on the beat for us with the Miami Dolphins. Now, Adam Schefter said earlier today that he would be surprised if Skylar Thompson started the playoff game up in Buffalo. So does that mean Teddy Bridgewater, or does that mean that there's a potential for Tua to be under center? Chris, if Tua Tonga-Vailoa does not start that game, give me a percent chance between zero and three that the Dolphins could win that game. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I think you outlined it, big fella. (laughs) Canty and Carlin, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch on the ESPN app.